this is our purpose. To pursue the calling of Jesus to the ends of the earth. Will you answer that call? The call to wander? The call to search? The call to walk? The field? coming up that are going to share with us today. So to break the awkward silence, why don't we give them a hand for willing I know some of you are like, well, let's first see, but uh, <laughs> one over. There you go. Perfect. Well, I want to share with you a little bit about why we're doing this. Um, Today we're going to do this obviously a little bit different, and, and usually on Sunday mornings we have a sermon, and, and during this series you've already heard two sermons, and next week you're going to hear another sermon. Um, the, uh, I think it's the president from UCB Canada will be here next week, um, James, Hunt, James Hunt, and he's going to be coming here next week to speak, and then the week after that we have an individual coming in from uh, um, Compassion. And so we're going to hear two more sermons in this series. But um, you can hear another sermon today about how you should go out and do missions. But what I wanted to do today was expose you to a group of people who have done just that. Um, and also just to hear from them about their experience. Now I want to say uh, we had a number of people that could have been on the stage. We could have had a lot more people up here. Um, some for various reasons just simply weren't able to be here today and we're not able to be on stage and so we're, we're good with that but we want to give these people a really quick opportunity to share about their experience and also some of uh, what God has done in their life and so I'll keep my introduction short and so I'll, I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves and um, while well, you guys have had the questions so you're going to start by introducing yourself um, which organization you went with and a little bit about uh, summarizing your trip your experience and then um, we'll just go through. And um, now each of these, now some of them are, are married couples, and yet they've also had different experiences from different ex uh, trips and different times. And so that's what the fight, I think, is at the end there about. Um, so We're just being real with you people. Yeah. So why don't you start us off, Walls? Um, I'll start from, I'll speak for myself. Um, my name is Rebecca Wall, um, and uh, the experience that I am referring to this morning, I did about 10 years ago. So I um, went with an organization called um, Multiply, but at the time it was called MB Mission. Um, so they have different types of um, trips that you can go on. So I did a couple of shorter ones in Texas and Montreal. And then 10 years ago, I did um, their program called Trek. Um, so it was 10 months long. Um, it started in BC where there was a couple weeks of training and then we were put on assignment with the team, so I was sent to Portugal, and I was there for almost eight months, and then we went back to BC and met all of the teams together for debrief um, at the end of that. So with my team, we, in Portugal, we partnered with other churches and other missionaries in the area. We taught English, we did community outreach, and we um, also learned the language of Portuguese, and that's kind of also where my journey in um, leading worship started. I had never led worship before, but they heard that I could sing, and so I started leading worship in Portuguese. So that was pretty fun. Hi, my name is Kevin Wall. 
Um, I did a mission trip with YWAM. Um, I went out to Australia also 10 years ago. Um, the cool story is when we came back from a mission trip, we touched down at the same time in Vancouver, but in different uh, terminals. So and we didn't know each other. We didn't know each other. So <laughs> it, was all, it was all pointing to the same direction where we crossed paths. So. So, um, for the sake of uh, security reasons, I'm not going to share the name of the organization, but I was in China. Uh, this was actually 20 years ago that I was there, and uh, the program that I was with was set up very similar to YWAM, in that there was a three-month DTS, and then discipleship training school, and then afterwards I was put on assignment for nine months. Each time, I went twice um, to China. And while we were there, uh, because, we, um, because of the nature of, of the country, since it's a closed uh, country, we, we went w and taught English as a second language. We worked with a foster home, um, taking care of orphans. And we were able to, um, the team that I was with, uh, we knew where, the one difference between us and YWAM is that we knew which team we were on. So we did language training, some of that already in, uh, during training um, before we even went out there. And so then uh, while we were there and immersed in the culture, we continued to do that. But um, so yeah, it was, it was an absolutely incredible experience. The second time I went, I was able to lead a team. And so that looks a little bit different, but I'll talk more about that later. So my name is Daniel Nelson and I went to MBC, which is Muskoka Bible Center. I went there for 10 weeks during the summer. Just. <laughs> I'm Angelina, and um, I worked at a place called Muskoka Bible Center as well. Mine wasn't quite as long as long ago. It was like a month and a half ago. Oh, so I was there for like 10 weeks, and basically I just like had two part-time jobs, kind of. But like it was one in a way. <laughs> and before before we continue. Um, the other thing I wanted to do is I wanted to bring in somebody who hadn't maybe gone on a mission trip. Sorry, folks. I know you all wanted to see the back of my balding head. Um, so I also brought Pete and Utia in to share about their experience because it's a little bit different. And so now I've set you up to share your experience here. All right, my name is Utia Gertsen. Um, so uh, 1997 which ages me a bit, but um, that's when I uh, went to Mexico uh, Stenrich uh, Bible School. Um, the interesting thing about that is I was not in a local church. I was not called. I was not influenced by other Christians. I actually ended up in Bible school as a non-Christian. I was not a believer. Um, I had left home because uh, I didn't want to be home. And I ended up in Mexico and through a friend um, visiting at her home, her dad actually asked me if I had ever thought about going to Bible school. And my first question is, what's that? I had no idea. I had never heard of a Bible school. And so he explained it. Um, uh, and I just said to him, I had no money for that at the time. Um, I, was, I had just left home. I was out on my own. And he says, if you are interested, don't worry about the money. It will be taken care of. And in my mind, all I heard was, I have a place to live for three months, and I'm going to jump at the opportunity. So I wish I could say, you know, I was a believer and I had this great opportunity, 
but I had a place to live for three months and it could not have been a better environment, obviously. Um, so I sat in class, I learned uh, how to read my Bible, I learned about characters like Paul and Peter, whom I had never known before. Um, the Bible became alive to me. I started understanding the Bible in itself as a book of, you know, God's story. And um, so anyways, I did three months of that. I went back home. Um, at this point, I had not chosen to follow Christ yet. Um, but having been exposed to Christianity, having watched people, I observed people that year. Um, I watched the house parents between each other. I watched the professors. I watched people who um, uh, had given their life to, to Christ. I heard their testimonies. And so all I did those three months was read scripture and I observed people because I wanted to know if what they are saying is this real. And so a whole year went by. I chose to go back. And within the first three weeks, I decided to give my life to Christ. Um, and that's where I'm coming from. Good morning. I am Pete Gertson. I became a Christian in 1994, and, uh, and then 1996, Simon Baba College came to this church, um, sanctuary was still out there, and uh, so I went to that event when New Creation and the priest servant, I believe they were called, they came here for a night of worship and, and some drama, so I went there, and they had this card saying, prepare for life. And that card actually got me interested enough that I wanted to join uh, Bible college because what better thing to do is to prepare for life. I really wanted to, to uh, prepare for life and live, live a good life. But I think it was a, a, um, a selfish life in a way because I wanted to be good. I wanted to be, to be saved and, and, and right with God and never really had such a desire to, to go out into to the world and, and be a missionary or a preacher or whatever like that. So it, I went there um, just for selfish gain. Um, I had only, I had not completed grade four in grade school, so I, I didn't have a lot of education. So they accepted me basically because I was a mature student. I was over 22, I guess, or something like that. So I was in, and uh, I was probably the one that learned the most that year. When the professor gave me a syllabus, I didn't know what that was. And then uh, I had friends there that came with me. They helped me understand. And then I was supposed to do a book report. I said, how do I find the right book? Well, look in the table of contents. What is a table of contents, I asked. I didn't know, I did not know anything. I had never read a book, I don't think. I had read the New Testament because my dad offered me 50 bucks if I would do it <laughs> in one year. So again, it's kind of selfish, right? But that was me. Um, I went there and uh, I got exposed to, to so much. Um, uh, first of all, good Christian, um, uh, good professors and, and a good Christian group of people and just um, a culture change. Um, there was so much that I learned just by uh, going uh, to college. Awesome. So I think that some of you have spoken to this question already a little bit, but the second question we want to um, focus on, and that is, I think we've often said that the easiest thing to do is to find a place and, and those kind of things, but the thing that you probably all journeyed through, and maybe differently, depending on how long you went and what the trip was about, is, is 
should I go? Why should I go? You know, so I want you to speak to that a little bit. Um, what, what led you to go to where you went? Um, and how did that experience shape you? Uh, again, we, we've talked a lot with them. We don't want to be lectured. But at the same time, I'm guessing as you share your experience on what led you to go and the experiences that you had um, with that, you're going to be speaking to people who are maybe some of them sitting there right now wrestling with some of those exact same questions. And so, Kevin, we'll start you off at that end. Sure. Um, talk to us about what led you to go and what were the experiences and maybe what did God... Uh, anyway, you guys have seen the questions, so yeah. go nuts. Absolutely, you should go. <laughs> that's, that's just to answer the question. Um, I think it's just trying to find out how it lines up when you should go. Um, you know, I'm coming out of college. I want to do something adventurous. Um, that's on my heart. Um, but to me, it seems pointless just to go somewhere, backpacking, whatever, you know, see the world. I need to be involved. I need to, I want to serve. Um, I find that, you know, if you, if you go somewhere with that kind of mindset, you know, you, you want to be serving God no matter if it's just a vacation or whatever. And uh, so I come across YWAM, and they're a global organization, and they have all these cool locations that you can pick from. And Australia was always on my heart. That's, that's the place I needed to go. Um, so it wasn't a question where, it was just, you know, that's, that's the place to go. And then, uh, and then it just all lined up. So. And, uh, but yeah, definitely, it's a, it's a good experience to go somewhere if you have that purpose that you want to get involved in somewhere. Yeah. Um, for me, I thought that I wanted to be a full-time missionary overseas for the rest of my life. So starting with short-term mission programs were kind of stepping stones into figuring that out or exploring that. Um, I had always thought growing up that God had this big calling on each of our lives and we kind of had to figure that out before we did anything with it. And then um, I was told by someone to just do something and you would learn it on the way. So I read a book about that and then um, I the church that I was going to at the time, they were connected with that organization that I went with. So um, I started exploring that a little bit and um, I just, I had had so much pressure put on me by myself um, to know exactly who I was, exactly what I was made to do, exactly what God wanted from me. And really what he wants from us is to just go out and make disciples to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And we can do that literally anywhere, but because I thought I was gonna be a full-time missionary, I decided to just immerse myself into a mission program like that. So, I think I forgot to say who I was. I'm Maria Clausen, just in case. <laughs> um, so, when I got saved, um, when I was 13, I wrestled for years of how I could get involved. Um, I always wanted to help people. So before I became a Christian, that was on my heart. But then after I became a Christian, I had decided that the best way to help people is to tell them about Christ. So that was, a, that was literally every year I was wrestling, what, when do I do this? When do I go on, on, on a mission trip or do missions as I thought? It was the same thing as Rebecca. I thought I was going to be a missionary somewhere for the rest of my life. And then um, I graduated high school, and I remember sitting down with our pastor at the time, and I said, do I go to Bible college or do I do short-term missions? And he said, the fact that you've been wrestling with this for four years, essentially, 
it, it's not going away. You need to do it, and you need to do it now. So it was on his advice that I decided to pursue it right after high school. Um, and, and what he said to me really spoke volumes because I wanted to go to Bible college as well. He said, once you go to Bible college, you may not want to go on a mission trip. And for whatever reason, and I'll leave that there, maybe that's one of your stories. You're getting ready to graduate or, or you're wondering. Um, but for me, it was go now, don't wait because you don't know what it's gonna look like in a few years. And, um, and so for me, the way that I found the organization was actually through my sister-in-law, because um, it's under a Mennonite name, uh, interestingly enough, which is very cool, and, uh, but it's set up very similar to uh, Youth with a Mission. And so, yeah, that, that was, that's my story of how I came to that. What was the other question I'm trying to remember? There's a few that, We'll, we'll come back to that in a little bit, but yeah, go ahead. So what led me to go was mainly my mom, but also my older brother went a few years back. But we also, you know, we went camping in NBC during the summer. So kind of, you know, been around there. So but there's also a lot of staff who are Christians there, and you live with them for 10 weeks. So it's, you know, getting to know more Christians as well but also just to get the job experience, pretty easy job, and you know, you learn, learn what to do. So, how did that shape me? Well, I learned how to work in a customer-based service, service, you know, job, whatever. Yeah. So, for me, my cousin worked there a couple years ago, and he really liked it there. So, I was like, well, why not give it a try? <laughs> and he was like, and sorry, he talked about how it was like a big Christian environment and how like that was like one of the big things that he liked there. And I really needed a change of scenery and it felt like God was leading me to go. Oh, and well, I love kids. <laughs> so oh, there was like a really great opportunity to go teach kids or like to be with kids for, for like, six days a week and I was like well why not because it all starts with the kids it's for me and I was like if I can have an impact on someone else's life like in a better way yeah I was like well why not give it a shot so that was like one of the main reasons why I kind of went so again I'm going to cut you guys off because I'm going to speak to your situation a little bit later but I want you to go back to you Kevin and go down the row again because one thing that um, you may have touched on a little bit but I want to express a little bit more and that is the what this experience, what you learned about yourself and about God as you went through this experience? Because now I know for some of you it's like, well, it was more of a job. And so one thing I told all of them was I don't want you to make anything up. <laughs> you know, I want it to be true. I want it to be real. And, and sometimes we go on life experiences and we don't learn a lot about ourselves. We just... Uh, you know, go through the experience. And so again, I, but I want to just ask you if you could go back and just speak to that again. Like in your time there, and in your whether it's your first trip, your second trip, or whatever it was, what were some things that you learned about yourself that maybe because of the environment and because of where you were uh, caused you to learn that about yourself? And, and also, what did you learn about God? Be, again, because it was outside of your normal environment. Uh, so if you have something you want to share, share it. I also know that maybe some of it's personal, and you're like, nah, that's for me and God. Um, 
and I, I respect that, and we want you know leave that with you. But uh, if you have uh, something to share with that, please do. Yeah. So um, you learn a lot about yourself if you're in a group setting for a long period of time. Uh, you know, it's six months together with the same people. Um, you learn to be extremely patient with one another, and it's uh, something I found out by myself. I can be very patient, but what you learn is to um, to accept a lot of different views and to, to find the best way to work with each other. Um, the moment you have a very strong thought, do you want to bring everybody in this direction? It never works out, you get tension. And so being with somebody for, for a group of people for six months, not having freedom to do whatever you want uh, helps you to think uh, in collaboration mode, basically. And um, yeah, and there's, you know, the first three months, you know, you have a lot of professors that come and they, they teach you about, you know, about scripture. Something I wasn't really, didn't know I, or that I was gonna expect that that was gonna happen. I thought we were just gonna hang out for three months and then go on a mission trip for three months. I didn't know it was a college level <laughs> uh, degree. But uh, you know, one thing I found that stand out, this one professor, he said, you know, it's okay if you don't hear the voice of God. You know, if, if he's not talking to you verbally, that's okay. There's so many different ways God can speak to you. Um, and then his tension was that his wife had that ability. She, she had moments where she could hear God's voice and she, he had to humble himself and it was like this, this relationship they had. Um, so he was just exploring the different ways God communicates. God is creative, so it's not just a voice. It's a variety of things of how you can um, hear the voice of God and also you know you're on track with what, what he wants to do with your life to hear his plan. Um, one of the main things that I learned about myself um, while I was away is that I need people. Um, and I would never have thought that about myself because I'm very introverted. I love my space. I love my alone time. I've always been kind of quiet and I've always been told that I'm quiet. Um, but man, being stuck together with like 18 other people living in one home, it really changes you. And I had never lived with anyone other than my family before. This, is, this was a new experience, and so then all of a sudden I'm in Portugal living with three other girls in an apartment, and we're just close all of the time. And it was, we were working with people in the community and in the churches, and the Portuguese culture is very beautiful and in your face. And, um, oh, I was exhausted, and I did a lot of complaining in my journals. But it was so, so beautiful, and I really, really learned to appreciate the community. And when I got back, I missed people. I felt separated from everyone that I knew, all the friends that I had before. They were still my friends, but it was like, oh, this is weird. I'm not living with you. I don't see you every single day. And I needed to, to get connected with people who were my age. I needed to do life with people. So that's why I started coming to Deer Run. That's how I got plugged in. Um, and... Uh, at the end of the, the Trek program experienced, we were told that we would have to come up with a one-liner. So it's basically a slogan for your experience over that year. Um, and mine kind of came up by accident, but mine ended up being, by being quiet, I was robbing God of glory and others of growth. So I hadn't even realized this until the end of the program, unfortunately, but um, I had really leaned into that over the year that I was away. Um, that it's okay to be a little bit quiet, but um, you need to kind of break out of that shell, that shell and be a little bit outspoken so that, because people feed off of other people's experiences, right? We learn from each other. And so by being quiet and keeping all my experiences to myself, I was 
I just, I wasn't doing life with people and sharing how God was working in my life the way that I wanted to. So I just, I learned that about myself and I've been leaning into that a little bit more. And um, something that I learned about God <clears throat> during that time was that he is working everywhere all the time. Um, it's not, it's not like we invest in our relationship with him and then we wait for him to be working here or for him to be working there. He is working all the time, all over the world, globally, in our homes, out of our homes. And it really takes a close relationship with him and being in tune with the Holy Spirit to see that. And then when you do, you just see it everywhere. You see it all the time and it's really beautiful. So the very first time I went uh, to China, it was, it was, um, it was an experience of inner healing. Uh, I would say I was a very young Christian. I hadn't really um, given my faith a lot of seriousness, I would say. And because of some hurts from my past, that first three months of training, being stuck with 36 people in one house, was just huge. And, and, um, and God did something I truly believe miraculous in my heart and my life and just giving me just a clear picture of his unconditional love that I don't need to earn it um, and and so that translated then into my relationship with my team we were we were a small team it was a married couple a guy and myself that was it and but we had to embrace the differences that we had I remember so vividly we had to do a practicum during our training, and I was cooking, and she was cooking, and I wanted to do it one way, and she wanted to do it one way. And I know this sounds so petty, but I said, this is how you warm up corn, because this is the way my mom did it. And it's so, so silly, and yet that was, an, that was a tool for um, learning differences. And then when we went to China, and you see the cultural differences that you have, it's learning and embracing and loving people and and sometimes we do it different but just because we do it different doesn't mean it's wrong so um that was that was huge for me the very first time i went the second time i went um was much more difficult i was the leader of a team uh, with five unique personalities and i tried to make us like the first team we were super close and we were super tight but the second team, we were, were even more different. So funny how I hadn't learned that lesson yet, right? That we need to embrace the differences. And it was only once we all embraced our different personalities and then one of the guys would do this type of ministry and the, uh, one, the other girl on my team would do this type of ministry, I would do this, that we really connected as a team. And, um, and again, just the way that God used the, the time in China to just help me fall in love with the people was also huge. So where I went was not so much just a job. It was, we, we did have Bible studies in church, chapel, you know, prayer, prayer night and whatnot. So I learned, you know, that I didn't have to deal with all the problems I had in the world. I'm still young, you know, I still got got a lot of got a lot of problems coming up, you know. You know, I learned I didn't have to deal with them all by myself. 
And, you know, that something I learned about myself was that I like to, to joke around with, with people, sadly, with my coworkers. But, you know, it was kind of a, a nice little place. For me, I learned how important it is to be in like a Christian community where you have like other teens that are like your age and like just like hanging out with them. It's like it's a total different environment being completely surrounded with them than it is being like at school per se, where there's like a whole bunch of different type of religions or faiths. And I realized like how important it is to actually have those people in your life to who depend on and because like they'll like raise you up or like if you're like having a bad day they'll be like hey like I'll pray for you and believe it or not it actually does something to you <laughs> and I realized how important it is to like depend on God when I was up there because when I was like down here I would I realized that like I would try to get myself through everything and I had the mindset I put myself in this I can get myself out of it but that's not how it is <laughs> like God will help you through the entire thing. And for me, when I was up there, that's like what I really realized was that like he, he'll like help you through like the ups and the lows and he'll just like always be there. Awesome. So Pete Nuge, you, you guys went Bible college, both of you, different places, different times. But now um, you're not necessarily working in vocational ministry. So I want you to speak to that a little bit. Um, what impact do you feel that your Bible college training had? Like, Pete, you're working in construction, you're doing, you pour cement, you do, well, this guy can do anything. Um, and so, like, Uchi, I know you're involved in ministries and different, different things like that, but you're, no, you're both not in full-time ministry. Um, so maybe somebody has the idea here that, well, if you go to Bible college, well, then you have to sign up to be a pastor or something like vocational. Speak to me, a little, speak to us a little bit about, like, how, do you feel that your Bible college training has equipped you um, in the areas that you, you know, are working, ministering, and serving today? Oh, that's a loaded question. Um, so first thing I would say is um, Bible college or Bible school alone is um, great just for educational purposes. We all need to know our scriptures more. Um, there's always more to learn, more ways to grow. Um, whether it's uh, yeah, scripture, prayer, whatever topic it is. So that will never go to waste. Um, one of the things that I learned a lot in Bible school, whether it was Stanley or SBC, um, was we were exposed to missions and all the practical needs in the community. So whether it was um, doing Sunday school with little Mennonite kids who had no way of getting to church, busing them around, just doing a Sunday school with them, or whether it was going out into the mountains and just watching um, very, very poor communities having only one meal a day, like we were exposed to those things. And so just seeing the practical needs that are out there as well. And going back to just my experience at Bible school, like I said, I, I observed a lot. I wanted to see if what people were saying about Jesus was real and I want, like it had to match their lifestyle as well. And so with that, I would just say, one way it has impacted me is I've been careful to, to make sure that what I say I believe I also live out, whether that's in you know, teaching Sunday school, raising my family, um, yeah, serving in the community. It's, it's all a part of, of the way you live. 
When I was in school, um, the first time I was not married, it was 96, and then we went back as, as a married couple in 2001. Um, at that time, um, we, we went, through, went through school uh, my first year, our first year. We had some savings that we were able to use, and, and, but also uh, there were um, people, generous people in our, uh, that came into our lives that, um, that showed us how to give. And that's probably one of the greatest things I've learned in, that, uh, in, in school, and uh, even just from the people that um, it's okay to, when you're in need, sometimes, it, sometimes it's hard to, to accept it. And, uh, and I just found out there were so many uh, wonderful, generous people that, that poured into our lives and that, that gave us gifts of, of money and, and food while we were there. And, and that has, has never left me. Um, we talk about that um, almost on a regular basis where, where we talk about certain people uh, that, that were so generous towards us and we want to continue that generosity because they've, they've invested in us and now I, I, I really feel that I can do that to others and, and I can. Um, because God has blessed us richly with, with many things, with uh, time and also with, with, with money to an extent. So that has uh, really in, um, impacted us, uh, me especially. Um, and then uh, understanding uh, certain topics, like I took world religions class, um, hermeneutics, and, and so many, an Old and New Testament introduction. Um, those courses, they, they helped me understand scripture as I, when I read it and, and when I talk about, uh, when I encounter different people that do not have my beliefs, um, it's like I, I have a better understanding of where they're coming from and it helps me. Um, and I we believe it, we, we encounter those people all day long, those that go into the workforce or at school. Uh, I think we, we're all familiar with that. And I'm just feeling that as it has helped me um, seeing that and connecting. Awesome. Well, we are quickly running out of time here, but I want to, um, children's ministry will be okay, but I want the last three of you, I know your trip was just very recent, and so this question may not apply to you, but the three of you at the end. Um, so your trip was a long time ago. Does it still matter today? Because the idea very often is out there that if you go on these short-term mission trips like you guys have described, that it's this this is quick little high and then you come back and it's all gone um, you know and it's like uh, maybe it's just good for you when you were a teenager that you got that experience but now that you're adults your parents um, does that trip still matter today to you so I don't want too long of an answer but and also not just a yes or no but would you would you quickly speak to that absolutely it matters um, it, it matters so much it feels like it was just a couple days ago, um, even though it's been 10 years. Um, the experience that you had, it's, it's, it's so vivid. Um, I find that uh, it, it, it'll always stick with you, no matter, you know, I know some people that have gone on trips, so many mission trips, it becomes a big blur, but it does a lot to your character of, of who you are. Um, so you definitely come back not the same person that you were, absolutely. I totally agree with that. and. Um, some of my teammates were actually from Ontario, so we've been able to actually be intentional about meeting up throughout um, the last 10 years. 
Um, we are still friends. We still feel like family. Um, and when you get into a program that's almost a year long, you're away from family, you're away from friends, you're in a totally different country, if you really immerse yourself in it and go in it with heart open, mind open, hands open, it's impossible to finish that program and not be changed. It's impossible to not take those lessons with you. So Kevin and I still talk about sometimes how a dream trip for us would be going to Portugal and Australia together to share um, that experience of being there together and show each other, you know, where we served, what churches we worked with. And um, so, yeah, those experiences and those lessons definitely follow you throughout time. And I would echo that. Uh, it being 20 years, um, I, I often tell Peter, it, China still feels like my second home. Um, if you would have asked me in the first three months, I think I cried every day, uh, especially once you're on the other side of the world. Uh, I can't just go home. When I was in training, it was like four hours away, right? So um, that, that changed me in a, in a huge way. And just because the relationships that are there, I am not able to keep those connections. That's sad for me, just because of the communication um, and, and what, what that looks like uh, now. But um, in other ways as well, that, that that has changed me is it kind of ruined me for ordinary life. That's, that's what, what, I, what I like to say. Um, just because it was so extraordinary that I don't, when, when Peter and I, we get too comfortable, we're, we're constantly asking the question of what could we do? And that, I know, is from that experience. It's, um, there's so many memories that I have that, that constantly come back, but the biggest one is, is that um, I'm just not comfortable with being comfortable. Um, and, and so I'll leave that with you. All right. Well, we have to let you go. Um, but here's a couple of things I want to just as we close up. One of the things that they all agreed to as being on stage is that they would also let you talk to them. And so here, here's what I'm thinking is maybe happening. You've heard verses like Matthew 28 where Jesus tells us, go into all the world. And we're familiar with those. And maybe some of you are here today and you're feeling a nudge. Maybe this has been one of those things that you've been wrestling with and wrestling with. Well, here you have um, eight different people, um, seven different people who have experiences. And there are many others in our church. So instead of just going and, and, and not doing anything with this, I really want to encourage you. Come talk to them and ask them about their experience. Ask them about their organization. One-on-one, -on -one we can share more information. And, and if this is something that you feel nudged to do, um, I would echo what's been said. Is that Don't just put it off. Um, the other thing I want to say is part of it is sometimes is preparation. Maybe you're going to go straight out of high school and go. Maybe you're going to go straight now and just go. But some of the things that you may need to do, you may need to go to Bible college. You may need to go get some training um, and, and experience that. And then the last thing I want to echo is, or just emphasize, is parents. We need to release our children to do missions. I heard a, per, a parent once say that I, I pray that God never calls my children to ministry because I don't know what I would do without them. And I just think that that's one of those mindsets that if we inject that on our children or push that on our children, um, they begin to think that they can't because of us as parents. And so I really want to challenge us as parents to release our children 
And if God is calling them to Bible college in a way, or, or maybe even something else, or, or if God is calling them on missions, that, that in a sense we have raised our children to have this in the back of their minds, that God may call me to some place that takes me out of Leamington, that takes me away from family. And so uh, thank you for letting us go over time a little bit. And I know this is a little bit different, but I, I wanted to do this because I wanted you to, to hear from real people and to just experience um, the impact that it's had on them. And so let me close in a word of prayer, and then you are dismissed to go. God, I want to thank you so much for this time. And I thank you, God, for the faithfulness of the people here on this stage. We could have talked so much longer. But God, I thank you so much for each one of them and for the way that you've walked with them. And now I want to pray for those of us here that are seated here. Maybe there's some of us that are really feeling a nudge to go. And there's just this burning thing, this thing that we've been putting off. Maybe it's for younger people. Maybe it's older people. But God, I pray that we would respond today in a way um, that is obedient to you. That the barriers, the, the things that we may have convinced ourselves that we can't get past, that we would seek today, that others have done it, and therefore we can as well. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, and have a great day.